Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? Good morning and welcome back to Shaw Locals Bears Insider Podcast. I am Kyle Neighbors, along with Sean Hammond. Good to be back with you here on Tuesday morning. It's February 21st. If you're listening to this in the podcast and wondering what the hell I'm talking about, good morning. Uh, but, you know, for it being late February, Sean, it's pretty nice outside. I'm excited to talk football. Um, you know, I we're going to talk a lot today about three main topics, Justin Fields and the offseason chatter that is really starting to ramp up now that the Super Bowl is over. Uh, Arlington Park, the Bears finishing off and uh, finishing off that sale and closing on the property. And then we'll we'll finish up today talking a little bit of combine that is really sneaking up on us, man. Yeah, I, uh, I'm leaving in six days for the combine. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where February went, but uh, it's flying by. Yeah, it's um, the NFL off season who is it someone was asking me uh, a little bit ago a friend that doesn't really understand like how our job functions particularly your job um my job's a little different as an editor you as a beat writer is a little different like he was like well what do, what do you do like when the nfl season's over i'm like i don't think you understand like i walk him through i'm like so like the super bowl ends the combine is two weeks later then you go into draft prep then, or I'm sorry, like then you go into free agency, then you go into draft prep, then you have the draft. Two weeks later, you have rookie mini camp, then you have OTAs, then you get that, what, like a three or four week gap where you do actually get to take some time off. And then, yeah. bam, it's late July and the season is here. Yeah. You know what? That's like the number one question I get all the time is, well, especially this time of year, well, well, what are you doing exactly right now? And I'm like, there's plenty to write about. It, it does not dry up all that much. Uh, sure, maybe it's a little quiet in uh, early February, but uh, it's it's not so bad. I mean, we got plenty of things to talk about, plenty of things to write about uh, all year round here on the NFL beat. Yeah, uh, you – I mean, that's really what we're going to start with here today is there's never a, a shortage of topics and – some of it is created by stuff we come up talking here on the podcast, and some of it is really driven by outside forces. And that's kind of where we want to start today with the Justin Fields chatter, because you knew it was coming. It had already started even when the Bears season ended. But as the NFL season winds down, you get past the Super Bowl, the 24-hour cable networks have to fill all those slots. you got a lot of talking heads. And I'm going to borrow or steal a phrase from from 
uh, Dan Bernstein and Terry Boris, they always like to talk about out of town stupid on the show or, you know, Chicago meatball. And it's, I'm trying to figure out, you know, how we're, we're balancing those things because like, what are legit critiques of, of Justin Fields and legit ideas or trade ideas? And what are just people filling time? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, you get enough talking heads, you're going to find a, a few of them who think that that trading Justin Fields is the right move this offseason. Uh, and sure, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But, you know, that that stories about that and, and discussion about that really ramped up here in the last week. And uh, personally, I mean, I think there's a very, very small chance that that's something that actually happens. I don't think the Bears are are looking to trade Justin Fields right now. Like, if you, you, I've seen so many ridiculous trade scenarios too over the past week, and Oops. you know, if 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 there was like some, was it like maybe Indianapolis or maybe it was like Houston? It was like three first round picks and two second round picks and, and, you know, like just silliness like that. Of course, like, you know, if that happens, I'd probably be like, yeah, you should trade Justin Fields. Um, but that isn't going to happen. Like there's trade charts. There's like, you know, um, yeah. and I, I just, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I don't see any way they trade them. I, but the way people go about it too, like they're about the way they frame their evaluation of trades. I don't have any problem talking about, that should be a legit option or not. It's the fact that like they, they, they frame it sometimes as like Justin Fields is a finished product or like yeah. they know what Justin Fields is going to be. And that's what really starts to drive me a bit insane. Yeah. You can talk about it. I mean, you know, I think Ryan Poles isn't doing his due diligence if he doesn't, you know, explore every single option to make the football team better. But I don't know that there's a, a an option in the draft as far as quarterbacks who is, absolutely going to be better than Justin Fields. You're talking about a quarterback who's got two years of NFL experience. He's learned what he can and can't do. You saw the way that that he adjusted his game last season and, and used his legs more because he needed to. Um, you know, you come in with a rookie. Uh, one, it's a it's a 50-50 chance whether the guy's going to be good or not. And then two, it's a even if he is good, it's a learning curve. Look, look how long it's taken Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields to sort of get comfortable uh, in the NFL game, you know, you're starting, you're, you're winding that clock back all the way to zero. If, if you trade Justin Fields and draft another quarterback and, uh, that sets the whole timeline, you know, back another year or two, whatever it's going to take. And I just don't think that they're, they're at that point right now. I think they're pretty happy with the progress they saw in Justin Fields and, and think they can build off of it. Uh, Torian Whitfield checking in with us this morning says Mike Tannenbaum has trade Justin fever. Uh, I have not seen what you're referring to, Torian. If someone had seen that, it sounds like the way the chat is talking right now. Great to see everyone this morning, by the way. Um, if <laughs> Drop whatever that trade scenario that Micah was discussing in there. I'm, I'm interested to know. Um, but yeah, quickly, as I, I bring that up, great to see everyone this morning. We welcome having everyone in. Um, it's awesome. It helps guide the show. Uh, so we are here pretty much whenever we can actually during the off season, we try and make our schedules work, but schedule's it, it gets a little, little chaotic weird. right now. Schedule gets a little chaotic, uh, but you know, make sure you subscribe to Shaw locals, YouTube page. If you're watching on YouTube right now, just hit the uh, subscribe, hit the like button, hit the notification button. It helps people find the show. It helps grow the channel. It helps us figure out what you guys want to talk about. And you know, it really helps us 
give a, a give a reason to jump on here and want to talk football with you guys. So we appreciate everyone who is here this morning talking with us. Uh, let's see. And, and then Sebastian C. here checking in says, Bears are putting up a smoke screen pretending to trade fields to gain more trade value for the number one pick. I've seen this this bandied about a lot. A lot. And I like people, I, I wouldn't say it's a smoke screen. They're just not saying anything because they don't, need to say anything like there there's no reason to have to reaffirm their commitment to justin fields it's better to let this uh to the chatter occur right yeah let the let the folks at espn and nfl network and wherever you know come out with their takes and and you know they don't they don't have to put anything out there because there's going to be people on all sides of this and opinions on all sides and 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 obviously that's driving the conversation right now because we're talking about it um so so i don't necessarily think that they they need to do anything. And, and, you know, Ryan Poles has, has generally been pretty quiet when it comes to this stuff. He has, I'm interested. Obviously the questions are coming at the, the, the combine, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, at the postseason or the postseason press conference, uh, they did a pretty good job. I felt of conveying their plan and their, their feelings on Justin Fields. But, that was at a Chicago setting. We're going to be at the NFL Combine where you're going to be getting questioned from a lot of people just throwing stuff against the wall to see what answers they get. Um, and the Bears certainly know this, and they're going to have a strategy for that, right? Uh, Shorty, Mr. Shorty uh, popping in here. Uh, it would be stupid not to make it look like they want to trade him. Yeah, and so like that, there is a line to walk. And with the questions they're going to get at the combine, it's going to be our first look at a national stage, how the bears plan to, how the bears plan to sell this message to the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ryan polls didn't say a whole lot at the end of the season about that. Other than, you know, we got a chance to make our football team better with this number one pick because he didn't really have to, but um, you know, obviously at the combine, the focus is all on the future and this is all going to be focused on the draft and, and what's coming up in free agency. And, and, you know, we, we, we all know that, you know, the folks who listen to us regularly know that, you know, you get a lot of jargon and, and stuff out of these guys during these interviews, especially before the draft. But uh, still, I think it's going to be useful to, to sort of hear how he spins this because uh, this is such a, such a momentous draft for, for him and his organization. And uh, I think we'll, we'll sort of get some clues as to, as to what they're thinking here next week when, when Ryan Poles does talk at the combine. Uh, trying to pull up a, uh, another comment here. So Sebastian had followed it up and this is similar to uh, some of the talk I, I've seen about, I, I do think Indianapolis is a very, very legit, trade partner for that mm -hmm. number one overall pick i would not be surprised at all to see indianapolis pull the the trigger on a trade here um with that being said sebastian says we'll trade with indy they'll give us their first and second future first and future second at a minimum and uh, i know indy is desperate um uh da, 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 da. i'm blanking out at the top on the top of my head uh the owner's name hersey <laughs> Ursay, thank you. Germ Ursay. Germ Ursay is um, a, a bit of an oddball. Uh, you know, he certainly seems like the type that would overpay. I think that's too rich. I don't think the Bears are getting um, a first and a second and then a first and a second next year. No, they're probably only getting either a one or a two next year. Um, I don't think they would get four picks out of that. That's just my, my guess, though. Uh, I, I will say that 
you know, I think I think Ryan Poles should, uh, you know, leading up to this draft here, he should get on the direct line with Jim Ursay. You know, don't even talk to Ballard. Ursay is throwing all this stuff out there about, you know, he's he's talking the talk, saying we got to get a young quarterback, and uh, uh, he's. Uh, it, it seems like he's telegraphing what they want to do. Uh, as we all know, these guys tend to tend to lie this time of year. So so who actually knows what what's going on there, but. Um, Jim Irsay says what's on his mind. And so, uh, you know what, if he, if he's that desperate for a young quarterback, uh, call him up, tell him, tell him what you need, what it's going to take. And, uh, you know what, just leave Chris Ballard out of it, uh, whatever, go straight to the owner. It's, it's funny because there are some people that, you know, like they, they put stuff out there just to put stuff out there. But like Jim, Jim Irsay is the type of guy, like we have a large enough sample size with ridiculous trades, particularly the last couple of years at the quarterback position. Like, you know that he's willing to do something dumb. I, I, I don't think it's willing to go as far as what uh, uh, what Mr. Sebastian or Sebastian C was saying. Not Mr. We'll call you Mr. Sebastian. Mr. Combining Sebastian. Mr. Shorty, Mr. Shorty, Mr. Sebastian. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I'm i looking here. Hey, he hired, a, he hired a TV analyst to be his head coach. I think he would trade a, a, a heck of a lot of picks to get that number one spot. I'm sorry. What? Who said that? Ursay. I'm saying Ursay hired a, a TV analyst to be his head coach last year. So who knows what he'll give up to get the number one pick? Yeah, that. I was having a conversation with a couple of friends, and we were trying to go through like most dysfunctional teams in the NFL right now. The Colts have to be near the top of the list, um, and it's weird because it was such a, a quality franchise from pretty much like it's really the it's Peyton really Manning. Changed. Yeah, yeah. It's just. It's uh it's pretty ridiculous. That's what happens point. when you can't figure out the quarterback. Let's see, Mr. Shorty chiming in. I know Mr. Shorty's been looking at the draft chart I'm seeing in here. It mm-hmm. said they would take like the eighth pick to get a first next year. This is uh this is where it'll be nice to have Hubba on a little more yeah. uh, soon because he certainly knows uh the draft chart better than I think either of us do. And uh, you know, we'll have a a, a pretty good idea from his sources exactly where teams are at in terms of their evaluation of these other quarterbacks, because I, I don't want to scroll back through all the comments here. I'll lose my place and lose my train of thought. But I saw earlier, someone mentioned that there, you know, there are concerns about these quarterbacks at, uh, in this draft class, they all, that being said, there's always concerns about quarterbacks when you're, you're talking about the NFL and teams still draft them. I mean, the bears drafted Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, number two overall, and a, a kid that was obviously had high talent, but there were a lot of questions around him, and it obviously didn't work. Teams will convince themselves, right? Um, will they convince themselves enough to pay a ridiculous amount for that number one overall pick? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're certainly hoping that that teams convince themselves this year because ultimately, that's you know, you can drum up whatever Justin Fields rumors you want ultimately it comes down to whether these teams are going to want that quarterback uh whether that's bryce young or cj stroud whoever you know are they going to want to you know jump houston and and get up to that number one spot to get their quarterback Uh, that's that's the big question and um i think we'll probably get a better sense of that after the combine here um but uh in in a lot of ways it's kind of out of the bears control whether that's actually going to be the case yeah, that's what I, I think the focus on Justin Fields and his potential trade value is missing the point because that's such a low probability 
the 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 bigger question is the one that we just raised here and that we're now discussing. It's our team's going to convince ourselves that Bryce Young and these other quarterbacks are legit enough to overpay for the number one pick. And listen, some there's going to be at least one team. The, I, I'd be absolutely shocked if the Bears. I feel like there's going to be one team at least. Yeah, but but the the, the you want more than one team, right? So yeah. what what we need to find out is how many of these teams are legit going to convince themselves that it's worth trading up with the Bears, or are they going to say, you know what? If we don't get that top guy, we we feel comfortable at number three or number four. Let's trade up there. You know, what, and, what do you, Kyle? What do you make of the Raiders now with with Derek Carr uh, hitting the streets? Uh, are they looking for a veteran or are they looking for for a, a rookie? I don't know what to do with that franchise either because like they're kind of at a crossroads, right? They are like you yeah. just you just made that trade for Devonte Adams and you gave him the extension. Yeah, you've you've made this change from Derek from Derek Carr. Josh Jacobs is headed to free agency. I don't know what their plans are. It it felt very slapstick. Slapstick might not be the right words. Uh, they they really slapped that team together last year. They they you know it it felt like new coach. Let's get a star player. Hey, Devonte Adams available. Um, and now they're kind of standing around. Uh, wondering you know what what to do next uh and i can't really figure that out either because it's going to be hard to convince a, a veteran free agent to come play for your team when he won six games last year and and clearly they have some issues to work out uh, and obviously you could trade for somebody and they, they wouldn't have necessarily uh control over where they land but uh the good quarterbacks do but um yeah, I mean that would be a big move from what are they ninth in the draft order? Uh, uh, I'm I'm forgetting exactly where they are. Somewhere around that range, eight, nine, ten. Um, I don't have it right in front of me. Uh, that would be a big jump if they're looking to trade up to to potentially one or or, or somewhere in that range. Uh, Mr. Shorty checking in here with I would still swap pick with the Colts and a first next year, then trade the fourth down to eight or so. So. This is a realistic scenario, and particularly with trading down to four. So then you talk about trading down again, Mr. Shorty. And my, my question there is, I, I don't know how far the Bears are willing to trade back. If you're looking here, is that Mark Potash, uh, fantastic Bears beat writer with the Chicago Sun-Times. Make sure you are giving Mark's content a read. Uh, Mark checking in uh, this morning said, would it be worth it for the Bears to trade down past four and not get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson? He took the words right out of my uh, mouth that I was going to ask Mr. Shorty. Yeah, if you pay, tr- uh, you trade down past four, there's uh, pretty much a, a virtual guarantee you are missing out on both of those guys. I'm not even sure... I think one of them are going to be there at four. I don't think both of them are going to be there at four, Sean. Well, especially if the Bears are trading back, uh, it's most likely for a quarterback, whoever takes that number one spot. Uh, then you still got Houston sitting there at two. I, I would think that two quarterbacks are going to go yeah. in that scenario. And, and, yeah, that leaves you in a good chance. That leaves you with an opportunity to get whoever's left of those two. And I do think that, like, uh, you know, the Bears have to address that defensive line. And and you got two really, really talented uh, young rookies who, who look like they're going to be big difference makers on the defensive line. I think the Bears would be happy with either of them. And, and so a, an ideal scenario is, is not moving down past four. 
just for that reason. I think you got a chance to get a guy who could be a real difference maker for your team. And uh, those guys don't come around uh, very often. And it gets harder once you're, once you're trading down to eight to nine to 10 uh, it's, it's even more of a crapshoot. You know, we were gonna, I wanted to save combine stuff to the last, but you know what, we're going to flip it around. We'll finish with Arlington park today, Sean, because we're starting to get sure. into combine talk naturally here. And I do want to give a plug at this point, make sure you go to shawlocal.com. Uh, we have plenty of preview content going up. What we're really doing is we're trying to focus, or I shouldn't say we, Sean has been focusing on the positions that the Bears are going to be most interested in at the Combine, breaking those down, giving you guys some of these top prospects to watch. Not just the top prospects, but guys that could be those second or third round guys, day two picks that, you know, could be guys that end up, you know, maybe based on their combine result could be a third round pick or could sneak into the back end of the first round. Um, it's really open to interpretation. It's going to be a fun week down there. Um, make sure you go to shawlocal.com. And the other thing that we've been working on, we got three pieces up right now, and this is going to frame a lot of the bears off season. Uh, when you look at the contract extensions or potential contract extensions, one for David Montgomery, who's entering free agency, bears could franchise tag them or they could extend them. You're looking at Jalen Johnson going into the last year of a rookie deal. And who's the third guy that I'm forgetting? Cole Komet. Cole Komet. Cole there Komet. it is. Cole Komet. Got all three of those pieces up. Sean not only looks at their production, but he compares it over the last several years to other people at their positions that have gotten extensions, break it down, looking at their production, and kind of setting the table of how much it would cost to re-sign these guys. They're really interested pieces. I really, uh, really would recommend going over to shallowlocal.com. Sean, if you don't mind, if you could, while I'm setting up the, yeah. the combine talk here, drop a drop a link over in the chat there for people. For uh, let's let's start with David Montgomery. We'll sure. start with David Montgomery, the newest one there, and let them find a way. I'll probably uh, I'll night. probably have a, a Darnell Mooney version of this coming out here this week too. Yeah, that's another guy that uh, definitely going to be some questions whether or how much money Darnell Mooney is going to get, and if that's coming from the Bears. Uh, I think it will be from the Bears. But anyway, so we're going to be talking about free agency down the road a little bit more. Let's talk about Combine here and some of these uh, some of these guys that we're interested in. Gary uh, Gary Ross, Gary, good to have you on this morning, man, checking in. He had said, Will Anderson is a 3-4 outside linebacker. He is not a hand-in-dirt defensive end. Uh, so I'll say this. like, there, I'm still personally learning – a lot about these guys in terms of where they're going to fall in the draft. Will Anderson is a guy that I've, I've done a fair bit of research on. I don't have any, any real doubts that he can not be a, a four, three defensive end, Sean. Yeah. I mean, you can shape this guy into to whatever you want. I mean, he's, he's the best pass rusher in, in this draft. Uh, I mean, we didn't necessarily think Micah Parsons was, was going to be the pass rusher that he is. Uh, you know, sometimes these guys, even though they might do certain things with their college teams, uh, you know, there's, there's potential there. If, if you want to stick him in, in this defensive scheme, I don't have any problem with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any problem with it at all. I think he's going to be able to do it. I, I really don't have any issues at all with him in a four, three scheme. I don't think uh, seeing with that being said, Gary said, uh, uh, Gary followed up would rather have Carter Murphy or Wilson. I'll say this. Um, if I had to pick between Will Anderson and, and Jalen Carter, let's say the Bears did trade down to four and somehow they were both there, or they decided to pick one of them at number one or something like that, I'd rather have Jalen Carter than Will Anderson. How about you, Sean? I, I'm i kind of 
I keep going back and forth on this. Maybe ask me in a couple of weeks. Uh, but certainly, I, I see the argument for both guys. I think I think that that defensive tackle spot is. We know how important that is for for the Bears, and you know they they put an emphasis on trying to fill that hole last year with Larry Ogunjobi, and it didn't work out. Um, I I do wonder if they're going to wind up uh, signing one of those big defensive tackles in free agency. Uh, in which case, maybe they. Uh, maybe they they think more about getting a defensive end in the draft, but uh, you know that's a lot of uh, you know this has to happen before that sort of thing. So uh, it's hard to say, but I I would be fine with either of those guys. That's a good point. We talked about that on the last podcast, I believe that this could all change if the Bears we get to free agency and the Bears could spend big at the defensive tackle position. So um, you now know, we don't you can't do both. I mean, you can address the position in two ways. You you need. You're basically starting over on the, on the defensive line at all four of those spots. So there's going to be room for multiple guys. Uh, just really quickly, uh, Brad Spielberger. Oh, I'm sorry, Timothy Wire checking and saying Brad Spielberger over at Pro Football Focus says a contract offer of three years, 19.5 for Monty. You know, I, I feel like that's a bit low, Sean. I feel like that's low. I do. I, I, I mean, I. It's it's hard to. It's hard to figure out with with David Montgomery what he's going to be able to get because, as you point out in that piece you uh, had in, that you just dropped into the the chat, there are a ton of free agent running backs going to the market. Yeah, and I wonder if someone like David Montgomery is going to have to settle for less or less than he honestly deserves because of the glut at running back. There's there's kind of two scenarios I could see playing out. There's that. There's there's so many good free agent running backs and uh, nobody from the, when I was going back through this, I, you know, nobody from the 2019 draft class has signed an extension as far as running backs. That's, that's pretty wild. That's David Montgomery's included in that. Uh, and that's why there's so many good free agents, this, this uh, cycle at the running back spot. And, and so maybe, maybe that, that um, leads to a guy like David Montgomery uh, coming a little bit cheaper because uh, other teams have, have filled that spot and there's less demand. Um, it could also be, you know, the guys who miss out on the teams that miss out on Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. Uh, what if they're desperate? What if what if uh, Saquon resigns with the Giants and then, you know, some team who was willing to spend a big chunk of money on a running back is sitting there and says, well, we still need a running back. Uh, maybe that could play into David Montgomery's favor. I could see that kind of going either way. I, I get. Yeah, I, I get that. <sighs> I just I don't know how teams are going to approach running backs. That seems like a a, a it seems like a low a low probability likelihood what you're describing there. Just yeah. because like if if that was the case, I feel like some of these guys would have already been resigned because there would have been enough teams worried about that scenario. You know, what I I, mean? I would think so too. I mean, I think it's you know part of it is the 2019 running back class wasn't amazing um you know there's some good guys in there but but nothing uh crazy and and part of it is this changing outlook on the running back spot i mean the chiefs have been to five straight afc championship games and they haven't extended uh they haven't given a multi-year deal to a to a running back uh in in since 2016 or, or before that um you know you don't necessarily need that stud high-paid running back to be successful in the nfl anymore we were supposed to be talking combine, and we found our way <laughs> now over we're there. Free, we were talking free agents. Let me say one back. more thing, though. Uh, no, 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 no. Actually, I, you're good. Go ahead and finish it, but we, uh, I have something to follow up to. We're not going back you know, to the combine. I went yet. into writing that David Montgomery thing thinking 
that his value has probably probably took a hit after last season. And but when you look at you know when you average out his production over over the the four years of his career, uh, it really didn't take that much of a hit. I still think he's going to cost between ten to twelve million dollars a year. Uh, so I think it's going to be more than that three three year nineteen million uh, number that that somebody threw up there. Uh, I've seen some people in the chat drop that the, you know the Bears should pursue Saquon Barkley. I've seen some people say don't pay any running back, even mm-hmm. Saquon. Uh, uh, there is a wide range here, and I tend to fall in the camp of don't pay running backs. Um, but there was one name when I was reading your story that was really intrigued me and anyone who's been a, a regular on this podcast probably knows what name popped up to me sean do you do you, do you care to guess what name stood out to me and made me interested uh from i'm sorry from the the free agents free free agent oh, i know who you go you're going tony pollard yep there's my guy i i so i love tony pollard i love um with the way the nfl is set up now i love dual threat running backs. I love guys that can do things in space that you can put out into the slot. The question I have with that, right? Like let's just say the bears did that. Khalil Herbert does not have a great, um, a great resume as a blocker. That's part of the reason why the bears love David Montgomery so much. I don't know enough about Tony Pollard's blocking skills to know if that would be a fit. But my question is if you don't, re-sign David Montgomery, right? You go with Khalil Herbert. Is that a concern? You know, like the blocking concern. You, you, when you bring in a rookie running back too, let's say they draft a running back in that third round or something like that, which would make a lot of sense. Um, You know, is that someone you're able to trust? Do you want to trust a rookie to be blocking back there for Justin Fields, right? So yeah. that's, those, are, those are all fair concerns. That is something where I think, it's really easy to look at the explosiveness of players and want to go for the big name guy. But Ryan Poles and them do seem like that is a big part of the way they want to run this offense. They're, they are going to be concerned about that. So it's going to impact the way they approach running back, I think. And and look at, uh, you know, I mentioned the Chiefs earlier. You know, they had a seventh round draft pick uh, looking like a madman in the Super Bowl at, at the running back spot and Isaiah Pacheco and and look at the Eagles too uh, you know they haven't extended Miles Sanders uh, that's that's where Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham are coming from you know that's where they've sort of built their philosophies and and so I think that maybe um, you know should give you some inkling that maybe that they are going to be okay with letting David Montgomery walk away yeah yeah I mean I Unless the market does bear out the way Brad Spielberger is saying ahead of free agency, you know, most guys or most agents have a a, a decent idea of what they're going to be able to get their their player by the time free agency is a couple days away, right? So it, it could get to the point where we get close to free agency and, you know, David Montgomery's representation, you know, come back to him and say, listen we might not be able to get what you're hoping we were hoping for on the open market. We need to go back to the bears and see if we can extract a little bit more now before it becomes painfully obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, it, the, the running back position is going to be one of the most interesting to watch in, in this free agency cycle, because 
you know, some guys are going to, there's probably going to be some guys who get paid more than we're thinking. And there's probably going to be some guys who don't. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's, it's funny because running back as I, it's becoming less of a, less of a, a priority in the NFL, but really this off season uh, is going to be dictated a lot by what happens at that running back position. I feel like. Yeah. Because, and we're we're going to get a true sense of, of how much these teams value that position. Yeah, that's that's true. With all these guys out there, I do think we're going to see going to have a better feel for where this is going. I think we're already seeing the trend with the way that these guys are getting to free agency. I do think we're going to see depressed values, but it's for NFL free agency. Teams can do stupid things, um, you know, uh, Jim Mercy. Some, once again. some teams <laughs> uh, like the Bears have a lot of money to spend. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so let's get back over. Someone earlier had talked. Uh, I believe it was Gary. Let's see if I can find Gary's comment up here. Yeah. Gary said, why can't the Bears sign Payne and draft Carter get the best interior defensive line in the league? I don't think that's that's a lot of resources to commit to one position. I also don't think it's a terrible idea, though, Gary. There's no reason you can't. Uh, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're kind of putting – uh, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, Kyle, you said it perfectly. You know, th- those are two valuable resources in your 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 cap space and your your number one draft pick or number four, whatever it winds up being, uh, at the defensive tackle spot. But yeah, that's a huge need for the Bears. I don't have any problem with them addressing it in, in as many ways as possible. Uh, you can still find a a decent pass rusher, you know, early in the second round if you pick up a second round pick uh, with with a trade. Um, yeah, I have no problem with with that. You know, I, I think back to the Tommy Harris era, going kind of feeling like the way back machine now. Um, but you look back at the way the Bears built that team that ended up going to the Super Bowl and that that defensive line. It was a great defense, right? But we, when we talk about building great interior defensive lines, the Bears hit it out of the park with the draft of, of Tommy Harris. Um, I do feel like it's a similar scenario when you look at a guy like Jalen Carter, but out expanding outside of that, I look back at that, that bears defensive line and you draft Tommy Harris. You had Alex Brown at one in position. Um, I want to say it was, a uh, was it Albert Algun or no, not who was the, uh, the, it was the, uh, the defensive end from, I think they made a trade with Miami ended up being a really good player. I'm blanking on the name. It was always, always hard to say the last name. And it's certainly hard to say now 15 years removed without, and then I believe it was Tank Johnson was their other guy on the interior there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when I, I think about that, like when you have a dominant interior defensive lineman and quality guys on the end, I don't know if it's worth paying two top tier guys. Like if you're drafting someone like Jalen Carter, I don't know if it's worth also than going for a guy like Payne. You know, I think you can have a more mid-tier guy next to Carter as long as you also kind of work up those defensive end positions. Yeah, I mean, they're well, the fact is they're going to have to address the those positions, both defensive end and defensive tackle, in multiple ways. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, surprised if they signed and drafted guys at each spot. Um, but yeah, you know, is that going to be your, your first round pick and your, your highest paid free agent? Um, probably not, maybe not. I don't know. It could be, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you can take a, take a chance on somebody in the third round and, and have a little bit less, uh, uh, value, uh, at stake in, in a, in a situation like that. 
uh, posse checking in with Adewale Gunier. For some reason, the only name I knew, I had the initials A and O, and my mind, because I think this past year I was trying to teach myself how to say the uh, the Broncos tied in Albert. Um, it's, I'm not even going to try and do it on this podcast. It's out, just say I'm Albert O. And I think having yeah. done that this past year, now I <laughs> that's all I could think about when I was trying to come up with Adewale Ogunia. I would keep saying Albert. That that you know that name was sort of like on the tip of my tongue, in the back of my head, and I couldn't I couldn't think of it either, Kyle. But I I I think that's a good comparison. You know, like when we're talking about how to build this Bears line, if you. If you're confident enough in Jalen Carter, I don't think you need to sign a paint now that I think about it a little bit more. I do think they need to sign another defensive tackle, but I don't think it needs to be a top-tier guy. If, if That being said, you don't know Jalen Carter is going to be available when you draft, particularly if you're trading down. Do you want to take that risk? Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out, obviously, but um, I don't think – I think it's one or the other. Yeah, it's pro- most likely you're not going to use both – both assets, you know, all that money and the, the top draft pick on the same position. Um, certainly you could, but I, I don't think that they're going to do that. Rick Gonzalez said, you also thought we were keeping 55, Kyle. Hey, I, I, I didn't say that I think they were or thought they were going to do it. I said I thought they should do it. And they obviously thought differently. I was. Hey, I I saw that news come aco- across the the Twitter feed, and I thought of all you guys on the show. So uh, thanks for that conversation a couple of weeks ago. Um, no. You guys were right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, and uh, I believe while we've been talking, I saw it pop in the chat that the Bears, uh, uh, the Bears cut Blackson. Um, Rick's checking in with that's even worse. LOL. Oh, that, that I'm, I'm still trying to, I, I, it is what it is, man. Like I, I didn't think that the bears needed to cut him now. Maybe there's, there's something behind the scene that it's just not his on field performance. That could also be a, a part of the case here. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, um, that type of stuff, but the money wise, it didn't seem to really be a reason. Um, but whatever that's, uh, it's in the past. Let's move on. Uh, Sean, where do you want to go? You're the guy that's going to be down there in Indianapolis pretty soon. What are you really focusing on or thinking about going down to Indy? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of thought and, and concern about not concern, but, but, uh, discussion about that, that number one pick for the bears. But, but I'm also, you know, curious to see some of these other positions. We were talking about running backs, you know, there's a lot of good running backs available in, in the second, in the third round. Um, and, and certainly the bears are going to need guys. And, and, uh, you know, when you look at, at, uh, the pass rushers who are going to be available, uh, on day two, you know, there's, there's options here for the bears, uh, to get better. And, and, uh, that's, you know, that goes well beyond that, that number one pick, obviously that's a huge part of this whole conversation and discussion. Uh, but you know, if they do let David Montgomery walk away, there's, there's a bunch of, of really talented running backs who, who could potentially fill that void. Uh, for the Bears, um, I had a piece up uh, uh, last week about, about running backs to keep an eye on. Maybe I can find it here and throw it in the chat. Um, running backs to keep an eye on in, in, in the at the combine and in the draft. And um, you know, there's maybe only going to be one or two that go in the first round, but there's going to be a, a bunch of them available on day two. Running back is a position. Yeah, I, I really am. I'm interested to see what type of results we get out of that, what type of chatter we get out of that. 
Um, the other position that I I think I you know I'm looking forward to hearing your report on is wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, because you know the that's another spot where I you know I feel like you know the Bears aren't going to going to use their their top pick on a wide receiver, but they got to bring somebody in. They have to address that at some point. And we've talked a lot about how free agency at, at wide receiver this year just isn't isn't great. And and you know there's a couple of guys you would spend money on. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers, but but are they really the number one guy you're looking for? Uh, you might be better off. Uh, you might be better off, you know, looking for a guy in the second round, if uh, especially if you wind up with a high second round pick from a trade, uh, or even down at fifty, whatever it is, fifty three, fifty six, wherever the Bears are picking next. Uh, Gary Ross checking in here with draft a running back in round four. That is the nice thing about the way the NFL draft and the way uh, running backs are trending is you can find guys, find guys in the mid round. I mean, David Montgomery was a third round pick, right, John? Was it third or fourth? Yeah, he was third. third. He was third, 73rd overall, I think. Yeah. I mean, there, there are going to be a lot of mid round guys at the running back position that have high upside. I mean, Tony Pollard, I believe was a Tony Pollard was, was uh, Tony Pollard was pretty low. He was lower than that. Was he? Uh, I forget what he was, but so he was surprised how low he was looking back at it now. Okay. Yeah. So he played wide receiver at Memphis. So there, like, there were some questions about like where he fit in the NFL, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like there are highly explosive athletes that, if you do your evaluations correctly and we're going under the assumption here that Ryan Poles knows how to do his job. Like there, <laughs> there, there are going to be guys that Ryan Poles should be able to target in those mid rounds that have explosiveness that may take a bit of time to, to find an NFL role, but have such high upside that it doesn't make it worth, you know, spending higher picks on. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's that's one thing with the NFL combine that I, I find difficult to figure out um, is we're going to get a lot of numbers out of it. Right. But what do the numbers mean? Like pundits think they mean something, but they mean different things to different NFL teams. And that's one of the more important things for you down in the combine. We talked about that. I believe last year when we were previewing it with hub is it's not so much for our perspective, what numbers are going to come out of there, what bench presses, what 40 times they tell you a little bit. But what is important for you is the time that you're going to be down there talking to people in front offices. A lot of those conversations are stuff that are front off or, you know, off the record or just on background. But they do. It's a lot more relaxed and you get a much better idea of how teams plan to operate. And you do still get a lot of smoke screens. Don't get me wrong. Like they're going to give you bad information. But you also it's also a setting where it's a little easier to weed through that information and see through what's going on. Right. Yeah. You kind of get a, get a good uh, temperature on, on where things are at with some of these teams. Uh, you know, whether that's, you know, it's not just the draft, but also with, with free agency and uh, you know, potentially with, with some of the potential extensions coming and things like that. Uh, Kyle, going back, I see a bunch of chatter from Gary up about yeah, Pollard. That's why I'm smiling. Yeah, I'm, late late fourth round pick. He was uh, 128th overall. Um, most of the names ahead of him, you know, you're you're okay with. Uh, I'm going to throw a couple at you, Kyle. These these running backs were taken ahead of Tony Pollard, uh, Bryce Love, Justice Hill, and Benny Snell. Were one more time on those. Three three running backs taken immediately before Tony Pollard were Bryce Love to Washington, Justice Hill to 
Baltimore and Benny Snell to the Steelers. Okay. Yeah. I mean, none of those guys have worked out. <laughs> uh, that being said, I, I immediately started smiling um, when you said Justice Hill, a little personal background here. Um, I had a couple friends uh, that still give me crap about Justice Hill because I loved him coming out of college. And there was a year that they were asking me about like, running backs a stash going into their fans who football season. And I, I, I thought Justin Hill in his rookie season had a chance to be a breakout guy. They've never let me live that down. The fact that they're like, <laughs> like anytime Justin Hill or justice Hill still touch touches a ball in their game. They're like, Oh, look, it's justice Hill's breakout game. Finally, man. He's so, here. Yeah. He's, he arrived. Finally, he's arrived. And so screw those guys. Jerks. <laughs> anyway. So Gary, Gary, uh, Gary corrected me and he is correct. I, uh, going back there, he said, uh, Pollard was not a wide receiver. You are thinking of Antonio Gibson, same backfield. Yeah, Antonio Gibson uh, was the 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 wide receiver there. Pollard was the um, the power back. So thank you, Gary, for correcting me on that. Um, with that being said, Tony Pollard, even coming out of there, was a guy that was thought of as kind of a tweener um, at the NFL level. Uh, that it, there were there was a reason he fell to the fourth round. Like they didn't know if he could he could handle an NFL workload. And there's probably a reason why Dallas has used them in the fashion that they have. Right. You know, it was probably good for him to be behind a guy like Zeke Elliott uh, for a couple of years. Obviously that kind of, you know, towards the end here, these last year or two, uh, he's clearly been, been uh, the better option, but you know, early on in his career, that was probably good for him to sort of test the waters and, 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 you know, improve his game before he uh, really had to be the guy there. Sam Rush, what's up, fellas? Hey, Sam, good to Welcome. see you this morning, man. Um, we're just about to finish up here in the next 10 minutes or so, guys. Um, going to be back here. I'm actually out next week uh, heading to Vegas uh, not to do the gambling or any of that stuff. Going to do some hiking, get out in the sun and stuff, although I'm sure there will be uh, some look at them. You're not going to do any gambling, Kyle? Well, I can't say that. I'm not a, you know... As I've gotten older, I've I've cared less and less about gambling. I will absolutely be stopping in at some sports books, uh, though. Just you know, despite the fact that you can now bet from anywhere, there's I still enjoy like the feeling of going to a sports book and like pulling out like the future odds and kind of looking at it and stuff. Um, so I will definitely be looking at some NFL futures out there. I won't be betting anything, but it's just a I don't know. I enjoy that setting, John. My my dad. Uh, uh you know, likes, likes the old school way. He will not uh, bet on sports unless he is in Vegas. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I don't, like I said, I don't really sports bet anyway, but I, I guess I, I would probably be that guy if I was that way. There's something about the, I, the only time, and, yeah, yeah, really the yeah. only time I've bet on sports has been when in Vegas, like watching baseball or something like that. Um, it is fun doing it out there, but I, I bring it up just because we're trying to figure out our schedule. Sean will be down in, uh, indianapolis next week for the combine so i'm thinking sean that you'll get back the end of that week so you know that monday we're coming back so we won't be with you next friday um but the monday after that we'll jump back on recap the combine um but uh let's see we got you going to watch lake mead water level drop you can probably see it with your own eyes you know that <laughs> <Wow>. is so <laughs> Big, my wife and I are big hikers, and we're in the process of planning where we're going to do some hiking. We talked about going to the Lake Mead area. Never been down there, so uh, that's a possibility. But um, wanted to wrap up today uh, with the news about Arlington Park. And now that the Bears have secured the land, that doesn't really change a lot, right? We 
assumed basically a done deal for yeah when when there was no news that they had hit some kind of major roadblock and you figured that would have leaked at some point over the past year um it had been quiet on all fronts so it wasn't surprising to see that pop through the question now becomes what what do you guys think the timeline is here for something like this and john you know let's start with you like how how quickly do you think this can come together well if you're the bears and you're serious about building a new stadium i mean there's no reason to wait i mean you're trying to get this done as soon as possible and so i would think behind the scenes uh you know they're they're hard at work and coming up with with some sort of stadium design right now as we speak yeah, I mean, I on that aspect, I don't think there's going to be any. There's going to be a slowdown. Um, the question becomes the money, right? And so Christopher Plasic, um, uh, our colleague over at the Daily Herald, um, you know, we so the way it works, I guess, uh, get a little behind the scene here is we do a lot of sharing uh, between our companies when it comes to Shaw Media and the Daily Herald. And so on the, we do all of our bears coverage and send it to them. They've been handling the, the front end on the bears, uh, Arlington park coverage. And Chris plastic has been doing a really good job with that. You can find that at dailyherald.com. You can also find that at shawlocal.com. I'd like you guys to subscribe to both, but I do know, um, you know, can expect everyone to do that, but Chris has been doing a really good job and you, it's worth going over and reading that content to get a, a better understanding because the money, the money is going to be a, a, a thing here and it's the public funding that's going to be an issue because the bears are trying to frame it as an issue of they're looking for public funds only for public spaces, right? For infrastructure to build roads, to help build, you know, sewage, all that type of stuff you need for a project of this scope. The issue is the legislation that's been introduced down in in Springfield is very vague, right? It doesn't show how construction is broken down. So like if the bears were to get these funds, there are certainly concerns about how they would be used, right? Like, and I think you're going to see some resistance, one from people in the public, but from politicians. And I do think that could slow this process down for the next, I don't know, six months to a year. Yeah. I mean, the bears have liked to point to say that, you know, we're going to fund the stadium itself all on our own. They've been very intentional about saying that, but then at the same time, when, you know, when you read their statement that they put out last week, when the sale went, went final, Um, you know, they're also dangling the, the aspect of, well, this might, this doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. Um, you know, they're kind of putting that, putting that, uh, 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 unknown out there and, and saying, you know, okay, without specifically saying it, they're, they're saying, you know, if we don't get help, this might not happen. And, and that's that's what they're saying, uh, even though they're not saying it in so many words. Uh, they're still going to need help. This is a big facility. This is a big area. 
um, uh, complex that they're trying to build, and and they're not going to do that all on their own. Uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, you know, it's going to take a little while to to get all of that into place. Um, timeline wise, I mean, you look at like SoFi Stadium took four years. Uh, you're you're looking at you know if they started today, you're looking at no earlier than 2027. So jailbreak uh, popping in here with uh, the comment bears shouldn't have a problem financing the stadium. There will be a lot of politics involved and it probably doesn't help that it split counties. Uh, so, so yeah, kind of, you know, again, hammer home. like the bears have the money to build the stadium. The thing is, and the reason I'm, I'm kind of trying, I guess I'm pushing people. I want people to read this content because it's, it's an important topic. Really. I know it's, it's fun to talk football and it's not as much fun to talk about, taxes and finances and stuff. But, you know, we are talking an incredible amount of money. Um, and you can tell there are people with legit concerns because these school districts, uh, and you talk about it, it's straddling these two counties, uh, mm-hmm. um, jailbreak. Uh, these school districts, now that they've had a look at some of these potential property tax breaks or freezes um, and these different mechanisms the bears have included in this legislation, um, I guess the bears haven't included in the legislation They're, you know, they can't act on it, but it's been introduced. Um, obviously the bears have had input on the way this legislation was drafted, but you've seen now local school districts have a negative reaction to it. And they've started to hire lobbyists to combat the legislation that is down in Springfield right now. That's a concern. Like w- when, when local school districts are now spending money to try and say, Hey, that's our tax dollars. We need that money. You know, um, it's something that I think people or the bears are going to try and gloss over. It's going to get lost in the conversation over the idea of a gorgeous new stadium and, and um, you know, the idea of having a super bowl and listen, it's, it's less than 30 minutes from my house. I, I absolutely love the idea, but there are legit things that need to be figured out. And I, I hope, I hope there's a good discussion that comes out of it and it's not something that it's going to end up being a, a chain around taxpayers, you know, 10 or 15 years down the road. Well, yeah, you would hope that there's going to be that, that those opinions are going to be taken into account and, and there's going to be deals made along the way to, to get, you know, something that's good for everyone. And, and, you know, hopefully that means more community meetings like we saw last fall, uh, right before the season, more, more things like that, more opportunities to get more opinions. Um, but yeah, this is uh, obviously it's going to affect the whole region and it's going to affect uh, every taxpayer, you know, in those counties, potentially in the state, you know, what, whatever it winds up being. Um, so yeah, there's, there's going to have to be a lot of discussion to, to make this thing work. Um, and, and so you know, I don't think I don't think 2026 is really possible anymore with this timeline. Uh, you know, that would be awfully quick to build a stadium. Um, and and yeah, Kyle, you're right. I mean, these conversations could could uh, uh, put a snag in this for for a couple of months here as we try to figure out what exactly this is going to look like for everybody involved. I mean, I think a couple months at a minimum. I mean, this is something that it could drag on. You know. Uh, just because they closed on the land, we shouldn't be making an assumption that they're going to be building on it anytime soon. I think it's more likely than not that they are building on it relatively soon, um, or at least starting to do the prep work, right? Like, I don't know how quickly they can legit, like, they're going to have to clear the site. 
you know, there's, I just drove by it a couple days ago. There's obviously still a giant horse track there. There are an incredible amount of stables. There's a lot of infrastructure that they're going to have to figure out or how to clear. I don't know if they're going to incorporate any existing structures into that area. Uh, (laughs) I got distracted by Mr. Shorty popping in here with a doobie. I I saw someone, and Kyle, you, Kyle, you, Kyle, and I are smoking a doobie if the Bears make uh, make the playoffs. I saw the people in here as we were talking, talking about playoff talk. I'm not even sure how they got into playoff talk here, but uh, we'll get into that later down the road, guys. I'm glad to see that there's some optimism going into the Bears, Sean, though. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You guys are are feeling good here in, in late February, so that's that's positive. Yeah. All right. I you know what? Let's go ahead and wrap this up, Sean. We got plenty of time this offseason to talk. We're about an hour long here. It's been great having you guys uh with us this morning. Um, you know, the it's it's I really do love the fact that it's the off season and we have this many people on joining us in the morning. One more yeah, time. Great. Please Give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, hit the no- notification bell, let uh you know, find out when we're gonna be there. Let your friends know if they're a bear fan, they're looking for a podcast to listen to. Shaw Local Bears Insider Podcast. You can go to shawlocal.com to find all of our content, everything that we write down. Um, Sean will be heading down to uh Indianapolis next week, and you know, I'll be down in Vegas. Try not to think about the combine, honestly, but uh, I'll catch up when I get back. We'll be back with you guys. Sean, you got anything else, man? No, no. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for joining the show and and for all your comments and questions. It it, uh, makes it fun. All right, everyone, have a good week. We'll talk with you soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.